cats and kittens, welcome to Destroy All Clickbait. I'm Adam, I'm here with Ing and Avi. Uh, as always, we're going to discuss the uh, dreck that clogs the internet, of which the show may or may not be one. And uh, today... Uh, we are. We were... <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. But we're the good kind of dreck. We're like the, the kind that composts it into a valuable nutrients. Uh, so we're so organic? Exactly. Yes, that's exactly what we are. We're the all-organic dredge of the internet. We're holistic. We're the there we go. Dancing crap of the internet. <laughs> Very nice. Mm. And we were, um, we were just to get right into it since we we were warming up just now. Uh, we were talking about Cracked.com, which seems like something we need to talk about uh, specifically since uh, this week they announced that they're firing uh, a. Ridiculous amount of their staff, um, including a lot of the people who are the sort of personalities of Cracked, apparently. Uh, do you know how many people exactly it was? Uh, oh, no, sorry. I. And this is going to sound mean. I didn't care enough. Let me look it up. Because <laughs> I'm at the Cracked website right now, and I honestly don't know enough about this particular website anymore. I know I used to read articles, like I said, at least three or four years ago, but that stopped a while yeah, ago, okay. so, yeah. Yeah, like, I know they let... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that like people don't even share their articles anymore, from what I can tell. Cause they're yeah, just... that's true. Because yeah. they're just that meh. Because like, at one mm. point, they were fairly insightful, but now meh. Mm. We in kind of we we got a little bit uh, uh, obsessed with it uh, earlier in the weeking. Was kind of talking about how it had gone down the drain, and that seems and it did. It is kind of ground zero for clickbait, as we actually discussed before a bit. Um, yeah, although there's a part of me that feels as though they were always kind of clickbaity. It's just they've gotten a lot more clickbaity, like yeah past three years or so <laughs> yeah yeah well that's okay well that's exactly yeah what we're what we yeah i but, mean they always they were a pioneer of the listicle right structure but especially yeah, lately they... that has taken over just everything and especially with them firing a bunch of people because i know they had i know they let john cheese go and he was one of their he was a little more on the serious side, actually, but he yeah. was one of their more uh, revered writers. Mm -hmm. And I think they let uh, Dan O'Brien go, and he was a major guy. He'd been with them for ages. Uh, anyway, and uh, what was her name? Katie, uh, I think she's gone as well. Anyway, just a lot, and it's it seems like, wow, they're really letting go of the whole team. It's like if, uh, you know, the, the Saturday Night Live let go its entire cast, basically. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. is part of uh, dude... it is part of corporate right sizing. What? That's what it's called. I'm re I like looked at an article on it, and it's referred to it as right sizing. Right as an R I G H T or R W R I T E. Uh, as in right, as in correct. Oh, not as in so. the last name. Okay. You know, no, we're not downsizing, yes, I... we're right-sizing you. I, oh, God. Yes, I, 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 that's, that, that term goes back a while. I've heard it at least over a decade ago. Oh, People God. say right-sizing, you know. It's like the out, uh, what was it, out, 
outgoing like they there there was a thing for a while where corporations wouldn't fire you they'd put you in the i can't remember what it's called outgoing department or something like that where you were still expected to stay for a couple of weeks I guess they thought they were helping because it's like then you can line up a new job and still come into work in the office or whatever. But it sounded like really humiliating and, and awful, frankly. Yeah, I would just prefer to be fired and just sent home than exactly. to like, OK, we're going to let you work for a couple weeks yeah. and not let you uh, collect unemployment for those couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> having, and I know unemployment is still not enough, but it's still just kind of like, having fire me. I don't want to be here, because I know you guys don't want me to be here. Having the misfortune of true. having gone through just about every permutation of that, I can't I can, really I say any individual one is better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's just in general uh, a, a lousy situation, obviously, for everything. But you know, it's but it's uh, then again, that's that I managed to go through every possible permutation of losing a job, all from the same company. Yeah. So no. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that was uh, that was really over the top. I have anyway, a. That's too depressing. <laughs> Have a uh, rich, detailed experience with it, but um, <laughs> you were, but you were, you weren't. At least you weren't right sized. You could say that. No, <laughs> no, we never were called right sized. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Truth be That's told, good. I think my manager last year was trying to right size the store I worked in, but he didn't know. He did not understand how many people are required to run that store efficiently. <laughs> ah, so, so he wrong sized it. Oh, he wrong sized <laughs> it incredibly. That's that's that, that's what we need to do. Is just it, that that needs to be something on LinkedIn. This company was wrong sized in two thousand and three. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but but let's anyway. So cracked got uh, seriously downsized, like to a ridiculous degree. Yeah, but well, let's just talk for a second about um, um, what cracked did right. I think because I think they were they were a pretty good uh, website for a while there. Um, you know, and and as Ing says, they did kind of they they kind of created the listicle um, almost. They almost seem to be embarrassed by that, although of course they didn't didn't stop them from doing them. But they they for a long time they were um, the premier you know comedy <laughs> comedy website. But but they're and they tried different formats. I think we discussed this in an earlier podcast. They tried different formats, but then they really liked the here's five different ways that this happens, and here's five different historical facts about you know when squids changed history or what you know like things like that. Uh, which would be which would be kind of cool, I thought. I don't know. I I I always preferred their sort of historical and science ones. Um, they were already starting, I think, to be not the best with their movie and TV ones. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, mm -hmm. the ones the things that I seem to remember most about having read from Crackers anything that was very clearly like investigative, which. None of the current articles are. They're just random lists now. <laughs> yeah. That that maybe they saw on like Twitter 
or something. And that's I was, how they formed them. I was going to say the ones that I think were most influential were actually, for lack of a better term, uh, slice of life articles from mm-hmm. where people did share experiences of stuff they had gone through. Like right. John, that's, like yeah, my that's true, and that was something John Cheese was very good at. Yeah, I was going to say my movie. wife was actually a big fan of John Cheese's writing on living with poverty. But yeah, and it was, sorry, yeah, John, yeah, he had good ones on. I think he wrote about mental illness a bit too. Did yeah, yeah, he well, he had he had okay, yeah, he had, um, but yeah, as you say, he did the slice of life ones, and he wrote about poverty. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but, I, and there was, a there was one guy, Jac- uh, Jacobo Della Quercia, I think it was his name. He was a, um, uh, and he wrote a lot of history based articles, which were really cool, I think. Uh, but, but the trouble with the movie based articles, which they like to do is that they were, that was the start of so much garbage clickbait you see elsewhere too, where it's like five times the hero should have killed the villain. Yeah. If you remember, we had- that. Yeah. Yeah, and I collected some that I saw from the front page that are ones that are typical of... Questionable? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Which we'll get into. uh, So there are six sad facts about beloved characters proven by fans. Muppets (laughs) caused 9-11. Crazy, but convincing theory. Which, first of all, I have to say... Uh, Five female-driven fantasy movies that fall apart in reality. The Muppets Cause (laughs) 9-11 is one that I put there because... It's a video, but I didn't watch it. But I know what it's about, and that's an internet Uh, joke that's like five years old. Oh my god. I know! Yes, seeing that, I'm going, what? That was like a tweet ages ago yeah <laughs> and it was this really small time like it was it was worth a tweet that's all it was worth and it was funny because if i recall correctly the logic is that they showed a um what was it time traveling to an, an era without kermit and the the two towers were standing oh my god I, what the, I, I, wait, wait 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 hold on I actually stopped to look up to see if I could trace it back and found out that Cracked did this story in listicle form in 2015. Oh. So this is literally just... So the snake is eating its own tail. (sighs) Yeah. Also, if you do a search on Cracked for John Cheese, the third option is um, an article he wrote about depression. So, yeah. yes. Uh, um, yes. He did write about mental illness. Yeah, he was he was the, the slice of life guy, as you say. And he wrote about sort of how people's stuff, how people's real life is impacted by stuff. And people like that, I think. Mm-hmm. But the, but the Kermit does nine like what was the rationale behind Kermit did nine eleven? Okay, the joke it, the joke is in the two thousand two special, a very Muppet Christmas movie where there is a um like Wonderful Life esque segment. The twin towers can be seen in a skyline in one scene, and thus the things there that if Kermit the Frog never existed, the twin towers wouldn't have fallen. What when? Yes. Yep. That's okay. right. Yes. Okay. When 
really, it is likely, I mean, being adults, we could all presume that it's because the footage or B-roll used for the background uh -huh. in that shot was simply filmed, uh, possibly wow. earlier of the year prior in 2001. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Clearly. Like, a lot of shows did at that time. That's the big one. In <laughs> the 2005 article, Cracked continued to try to stretch that out into... I mean, that's all you need. That's the explanation behind the joke. But oh, they continued God. to try to find four other ones, including repeating the... Which I'm pretty sure is an urban legend. That Bert was a prominent pro-Osama Bin Laden symbol. <laughs> what? Okay. That Elmo's father is a terrorist plant. Who is? Elmo's. Okay. And that Tickle Me Elmo's creator was a Unabomber suspect, which I have to freaking point out. Possibly minor spoiler, I think they were vindicated. <laughs> <laughs> you would think, yes. No, uh, the, the real killer is still out there and still uh, making Muppets, I guess. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and number one, that Big Bird uh, might have to... caused the Challenger explosion. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. I, I, oh, I feel okay. like I vaguely remember something about that. But it was to... Wasn't it to do with the fact that they invited Big Bird up to be on the Challenger at, at one point, and he couldn't go? Crap, you're gonna make me read it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's what we have you here for. Uh... So we don't sully our hands with this stuff. Which, to be fair, actually, the article... Um... Right, yeah, and Big Bird was not allowed onto the Challenger. Right. That's pretty much okay. it. And then it... And then the article goes into uh, basically a legitimate kind of parody of stuff like conspiracy theory and deep throat. And that for making okay. the connection. So this is clearly meant to be a humorous article, but the thing there is it's hard. Maybe I'm the dumb one, but it's harder to tell like how serious... Because a lot of people take those listicle things very seriously now. Especially in the <laughs> age of the cinema sins and all. Like, people take those as actual things. I mean, this what At least the 2015 version is a goof about. And I'm gonna presume the 2017 version is a goof about, but also lazy since it's eating its own article. Right. But they're also yeah, saying crazy but convincing, which does not help. Well, to be fair, I mean, the issue, like, Cracked has always been a comedy website, so, yeah. they, you, you know, just to do that, that's fine. I mean, that's that's actually very entertaining, but the fact that they got tangled up with real facts and real stories uh, right, the is fact a little bit... That that could be next to the most uh, surprisingly poisonous venomous animals or surprisingly badass birds or something right. or like uh, mm. histo uh historical uh womanizers or that would be that do are kind of maybe educational ish yeah is mm. part of where there's exactly. i guess the confusion or irritation and again yeah. maybe i'm maybe i'm the idiot that's possible 
Well, it's either no, that think, or that... well, it's either that or they do the thing that like that that like that's basically what um like stuff like Gotaku is, where they have like 15 million different websites to cover 15 million different topics. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, so. and, and 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 it, but it is true that like they, once they started to get kind of educational and that really became like I would say for a long time there anything they did was at least had a factual element. Um, yeah. There were, there were some, and, and the articles that weren't, that were sort of obviously just goofy what if articles or whatever. Uh, I remember one of the most frequently promoted uh, articles is the idea of, uh, that was Daniel O'Brien as well. It was uh, what if um, you were in a room with your clone and the, apparently the only options were to fight it or to fuck it. Um, anyway, but like that was that's clearly just ridiculous, you know, semantic. Uh, what what do you say? Oh, like a, a a theoretical construct or whatever. But then, like the the way you're looking. Yes, at it I now, believe Hume originally almost... posed that philosophical quandary. <laughs> well, it was quite a funny article. That's what I'm saying. I mean, but it's clearly it's clear what it's supposed to be right up front when, right. you, when you see it. Right now, we're seeing articles where it's almost you know fact opinion and completely off the wall humor are all just kind of vaguely blurring together and the and even that in and of itself would almost be okay because you could say oh we're cracked we're a humorous website but the thing is i've seen that exact same mentality starting to creep into ads and things like this whole zerg network that they do uh which you see on all these trashy websites and it's always like, here are five times uh, an actress should not have been cast, or something. You know what I mean? Those yeah. kind of articles. Well, to go to an example, let's look at here's one which annoyed me about the six sad facts about beloved characters proven by fans. Uh huh. And okay, this is the crux of it. Just about everything in there is not a hidden stuff. That's actual. That's pretty much. Of, like, you get a pat on the back. Yes, that's what it was about. Congratulations. That's 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 what was on screen. (laughs) For example, Jack Bauer has killed 309 people in nine-ish days. Yes, we we know. Jack Bauer kills quite a many, quite a large amount of people in the name of, I don't know, America and apple pie and all that. Yes, we, we know that's his thing. He kills a comedic large amount of people within 24 hours. And number uh, five, Charlie sad. Brown sucks... 24. Yeah, Charlie Brown sucks at baseball. Yes, we know. What? That's, That's the, the joke! joke. <laughs> That's the joke. Uh. They literally... They literally decide that's going to be Charlie Brown sucks at baseball is literally the text of Peanuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is, is there one where Batman dresses as a bat? Like, is that really, Batman is, is a secret Dracula furry? Um, yes, he's secretly a Dracula furry. James Bond uh. is an alcoholic <laughs> again. Yes. Uh. Once yeah. when it's parody, yeah. when there's a parody circling around that fact, it's not a sad secret fact. Like that's entirely what Archer is about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It doesn't get better with number three. Yeah, Bob's Burgers is failing hard, and the family is surviving on food stamps hard. Again, yes, that's the explicit text. 
Yep. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, my god. They, like, this is really, <laughs> really, really lazy. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Number two. It's all stuff that you would know if you watched the show. Number two. Like, the town it's... of Springfield will probably die of lung cancer. Again. Well, yes, that's... that's the joke. Well... Well, no, hang on a minute. That one at least is an observation. They're not talking about the nuclear radiation. If it was the nuclear radiation, yes, that's a regular part of The Simpsons. They're talking about how often people are seen smoking on Springfield, which is still ridiculous and, like, come on. But at least they're extrapolating rather than just saying something that's well, clearly here on the screen. Well, the problem with with the with the Simpsons is also that what? When did it originally start coming out in the 80s or 90s when there were still a lot of people who smoked? So it wasn't yeah. that uncommon to see that many people smoking. So it's one of those weird things that just didn't get updated in the show. Yeah. No, but here's the thing. Well, Every character that smokes is for a joke. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying I to mean, think. Krusty the Clown smoking cigars. Marge's sisters and Mrs. Krabappel chain smoking. And yeah. I'm pretty sure they all have smoker's voice, too. Yeah. Like, they all have that raspy voice. Right. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. They're saying, on average, two characters smoking in every given episode. But how many of them are Marge's sisters, Krusty, Mrs. Krabappel, the characters who clearly smoke? Like, yeah. like that's specific characters. That's not the entire town of Springfield. Homer has never smoked a cigarette. Uh, well, maybe he has, like, in one episode or something. Marge I can imagine that he did Marge. pot in, high in college. That's yeah. probably about it, though. But, well, remember, oh, we, we there was an entire pot. episode yeah. where they accident, where in attempting to do family farming, they accidentally cross-pollinate tobacco and tomatoes to create the tomacco plant. <laughs> oh my right. god! Which tastes okay. horrible, but they, okay. but you can't <laughs> stop eating it. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then, of course, the corporations go this is a gold mine but to be fair that's not technically smoking no that's, but that's just de devouring nicotine directly shit being Which... comedically unhealthy is part of the joke yeah <laughs> yeah i like that nobody even liked how it tasted it's just that once you had a bite of it you couldn't stop eating it, basically oh everyone thought it tasted terrible but they're like oh i gotta keep eating this but yeah, exactly. But the point is, if they're saying, if they're quoting a, a study that says X number of characters are smoking in every given episode, did they actually pay attention to which characters are smoking, or did they just, you know, count every time? Because literally every time Barge's sisters are on the screen, they, they're chain smokers. That's part of their character. That's a huge part uh, of the you're story. You're saying it's a question of the difference between uh, mean and median, that we're getting some extreme it, outliers that are skewing the mean. Exactly. Possibly. Yeah. And and good good mathematics uh, <laughs> observation. There, right? Good statistics <laughs> joke. That's a good poll. Yeah. <laughs> this is we know our, our audience is devoted to this mean mean median outlier jokes uh, that are specifically related to statistics. It's it's, it's all statisticians. It's all the mathy people. And for some reason, I'm here, but that's okay. <laughs> and number one is that uh, millions are dead in Westeros. It, it, almost like the fucking which... uh, shows about, like, a war or something. I know. Yeah. It, 
Yeah. It's is it, it it better not be something like they don't have outdoor plumbing, so they'd all die of the place. It's like no shit. It's everyone friggin... gets dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Middle Ages. We know the Middle Ages were not fun to live in. And also, it's 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 a literal book series about a war, <laughs> about various royal families. Yeah, they're feuding. they're basically arguing that the war is going to cause a famine, which is going to. Uh, cause people to die from starvation because that's what happened in medieval Europe when you had bad harvests. Right. Oh, they're talking specifically about the way winters last more than a year in Westeros. They last... Yeah, but that's part of the thing. Yes, if, again, if this was Europe, it's not Europe. It's a place where winter lasts 14 years. Mm -hmm. Or whatever. It's a thing. They're... There's different climatological factors in mind. Right. Well, that's that. Now, see, that's something interesting because I remember having. Now I'm going to get get my Game of Thrones uh, fan hat. But I, I there was something uh, that was something that was discussed. I remember even before the show hit, I was on the sort of Westeros boards. It sort of sounds like what happens in Westeros is that they have tiny ice ages all the time. But yeah, I was going to say, that has happened in Europe as yeah. well. And what seems to happen is that according, like, they, they actually talk about uh, thaws, so it's like they'll have winters, and then, but they'll quote summer will be a thaw briefly, uh, and that'll be enough that, like, berries will grow, and that's what some, that's one of the things that people can eat in the dead of winter, because obviously it's, you know, yes, of course, if it was snow and ice for five years, every, no one would live in the north, everyone would get the hell out of there, uh, but the implication is that even in, they, they even talk about how in the summer it snows in Westeros a bit, uh, so it's kind of like they still have seasons, but the it's either a winter stretch or a summer stretch basically not I'm, it's still a fantasy series you're not you're not taking it that literally mm. but at least i think they actually uh, laid that out as something that kind of makes sense yeah uh, but yeah i mean clearly part of the point of the show is winter is coming and it's going to last several years of course it's going to be horrifying and people are going to starve to death. that's one of the big factors of living in the north in Westeros. That's yeah. actually something they make a big deal out of. Who knows? Maybe they supplement their food by eating dragon or hunting the apparently <laughs> semi-abundant Ice Age megafauna that still exist. Exactly. Yeah, that is a, that is implied. It's <coughs> excuse me. It's implied that in the um, in the north uh, they they have all these like, elaborate procedures which include like hoarding three years worth of food in all their castles and basically taking all the little people up in the castle which has been disrupted by the events of the the events of the show normally there'd be more preparation and things are kind of a mess right now because everyone's so busy fighting each other that they're not preparing properly and the starks have all been you know uh, thrown to the winds so they are there to organize everything so but they did they did put some thought into it like it is it, it wasn't just some random thing that a cracked guy is the first guy to notice that long winters are going to kill a lot of people yeah you know? hey long winters are bad it's like yeah. our next hot take is that That's frosty is definitely going to die <laughs> yes. yeah the... yeah what is... <laughs> 
<laughs> this is a, that room. You know what that just reminded me of to go on a complete tangent. I saw, I saw, we both have, have, have you seen Coco, Avi? The new, no, uh, I have not new, seen uh, Coco, unfortunately. The, the new uh, Pixar movie, there's a short, a oh. frozen short. Did you see this? Yes, uh, I, I, I've heard about the frozen short. <laughs> One of the things that actually absolutely blew my mind is it's mostly about Olaf, the snow goblin that everyone despises, basically. And he, well, has come to despise. A... He was originally quite loved, but now nobody likes him. I found him obnoxious even in the original movie. I think he's, oh, okay. he's always been a little bit. I mean, but it's true. It was somewhat bearable in the original movie, but this short makes him absolutely hard to stomach. But the crazy part is, at one point, he melts. And and then refreezes just as a gag in this show, and that was a major plot point in the original movie. If I'm not mistaken. yeah, that if he melts, he dies. And they're just and then they just throw it out there. He's he's literally a bucket of water for a moment. They throw him out, and suddenly he reconstitutes himself. And you're like, what the fuck? They oh. just threw that out there. Oh, and by the way, Olaf's immortal. <laughs> Apparently, see this is. This oh, is part it... of the reason why I really wish Disney would just drop the Frozen stuff, because they've now convoluted Elsa's power so much that nobody knows what she is anymore. Oh, by the <laughs> way, in between uh, the first movie and now, Olaf has earned the title of The Undying. Really? Great. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Nobody That's suspects. going to Everyone be... Everyone was like, worried about Elsa, but nobody suspected Olaf, and he's the real threat. <laughs> That's been growing in their Yeah, I'm sorry. That it, that's one thing that I haven't seen Frozen, but I was confused because I thought, wait, I thought people were really scared of the ice powers. I kind of presumed that the response to a snow golem approaching your <laughs> door in the dead of night would be abject horror. But appar- yeah. apparently, we've sorted things out. We've gotten beyond that fear of cryogenic based magic. <laughs> Well, it's because he is much more friendly compared to the actual ice yetis she creates right. as well. Yeah. <laughs> so. <It's... laughs> okay, it's... but here's the no, thing. I, There's... I, I honestly, and, I want to see the... And, and technically, as children, Elsa made a snowman that looked like Olaf. So when right. Olaf shows, when they, shows up when they're both adults, it's sort of a weird peace offering. But but it's I think it's everyone in the country and the town it just accepts Olaf's existence. Yeah, I don't everyone even knows Olaf being like Which yeah, I'm I'm fine with apparent okay, that you know, this is a thing that okay, everyone knows Olaf, that's fine. It just came for some reason that was a little jarring to me. Yeah, I, no, but I don't I mean I've only seen the movie once, but I don't actually remember everyone just being okay with a talking snowman all of a sudden. I don't Look, remember apparently that, that some sequence in the original Apparently movie. sometime between the end of the movie and now, the people just got, <laughs> really came to terms with the fact that their monarch is an elemental. <laughs> well, it's mostly because she figured out how to control it, and possibly killed hundreds in the process. Because it went from summer to winter in an instant. Yeah, so. there's your there's your sad fact yeah, well, cracked there that people only there's an actual sad fact. People only accept Olaf uh-huh. because they live in fear that <laughs> Elsa will turn on them once again. It's why Elsa is now accepted. They're like the icicle of da- mighty snow queen. The icicle of well, Damocles hangs above the head of every member of this kingdom. The- 
that's actually slightly more accurate to the original story than what ended up happening for the movie. I know. So there's yeah. that. That always that always blew my mind. With I was I loved uh, I actually loved that Hans Christian Andersen story growing up. It was actually a huge. I most people don't know it's pretty obscure, but when I was a kid, we had a book with that, that and the little mermaid. And now Disney's done both of them, except frozen bears, like no resemblance to the snow queen, as it was originally told by Hans Christian Anderson. She's not even the same character, really. She has, and there's a lady. Go on. Well, I was just going to say, it's kind of upsetting. I'm going to send the link to the image for you guys. Cause this was the original concept art for when they first started, um, developing uh-huh. it. Right. And, and this is what they started with. And then there's what we got. <laughs> yeah, so, there's some nice con. Yeah, there's some really nice concept art of uh, Elsa up there. But to be fair, she was also a villain originally, and they kind yes, of she was turned that around. Yeah, so well, that, they did that, that to make money. So yeah, but right. also okay. Here's the thing: that short being in front of Coco, uh huh, is kind of a real disservice to Frozen because boy, does it highlight highlight how. I'm trying to think of a nice word because I don't because I genuinely don't want to be too mean, but I'm just going to say mediocre. The character design is <laughs> like as it's pointed okay. out, the faces are very samey. Yet in Coco, mm. the character designs yeah. are very vibrant and bright and varied, and mm. both in the land of the living of like actual living people and in the land of. The dead, especially with the, you know, departed spirits who are sugar skull skeletons. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, it, absolutely. And you've and you've talked about, we, you and I Ing, have talked about that blog where the guy shows all the, the, uh, the, 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 the Disney character uh, um, designs that any, any quote fixes them, unquote, and yeah. ends up making them just completely generic, basically. Yeah, where um, it came up where they fixed Hey Hey according to, like, what the proper animation guidelines for a character are. I remember and... your post about that, and that was just really stupid. And... Yeah. But I... Having learned more about Hey Hey, that's actually interesting, because Hey Hey was originally going to be killed off from the movie and cut. And just Whoa. so everyone knows, Hey Hey is the rooster from Moana. Hey Hey is the rooster that is dumb, <laughs> that is dumb as a brick. Correct. Yes. He was he was originally supposed to be a much meaner character, and you can see it in some of the early promo art, art where he looked he and, was supposed to be much where, meaner, and where he looks a lot like the quote unquote corrected art. Yes. And the thing there is that John Lasseter, whose name is kind of uncomfortable to talk about right now, but I'm going to speed along with that, mm-hmm. um, di- thought that he was too boring and basically said, unless they can find something interesting to do with Hey Hey, he's going to be cut from the movie. And yeah. they decided to make it that Hey Hey would be dumb as a post. And I think would... they also thought he was too mean as well. Right. And so that Hey Hey would, mean... eat, would have a compulsion to eat rocks. That way, in one scene where the little coconut goblins steal the heart of uh, Tafiti, it was originally they were just tossing the stone about, but they realized that when it's tiny little coconut goblins tossing a chicken around, that's far funnier. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm surprised he was supposed to be a mean chicken yeah I'm not quite seeing what the logic okay oh uh, okay i first like... of all you clearly have never raised chickens 
<laughs> or have you been around birds in general? <laughs> no, no, no. I can understand a chicken being mean. I just don't understand what the point would be of like it. Like he's a villain of the story. Like a chicken. Is he a was villain? supposed to. I think it's more that he was supposed to have a bit of a sarcastic bent. Um, compared to Moana and even Maui, who was fairly oh, okay. snarky, but not quite sarcastic. He was supposed <laughs> to be, like, trying, like, his job was supposed to scare Moana away from the ocean. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. The pig ends oh, up doing that anyway, but, yeah. Right. Okay, I can see the logic of that character. Okay, fair enough. Although, and yes, it is far much better where Hey Hey is barely sapient. <laughs> yeah. did it, did, was he supposed to talk originally and be like, No, I don't think so. Just... No. I think he might have but shittered if, if like Google in Pocahontas. Moana poster, the second one where they're on the boat, you can see he's a much sterner looking character compared to <laughs> how he looks now. Um, I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Okay, well, that's a good a change for the better, then. And, amuses, sure. and you can now <laughs> do yeah. a uh, you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about <laughs> meme with hey-hey designs. <laughs> this is quite true. Mm. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, you know, the character, as you say, like, there is an unfortunate tendency to really make animation character designs... <laughs> more generic than they should be i think it's funny that you see so much of that because are, do they really feel like the audience is not going to like dramatic character designs like is that is that really something that would affect the box office do you think or is that you know i genuinely don't know but i do like that it seems that with moana and coco that the trend mm -hmm. is turning on that right yeah yeah, Moana, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, like, I guess with Maui, he's definitely not a cleaned-up Disney uh, character. And, yeah, Coco, yeah. as you say, definitely had some good uh, some good designs. I mean, that's pretty... That's assumably what they went into uh, to begin with, was the idea of having a, you know, skeletal... The, the uh, Day of the Dead-type skeletons. I mean, that's yeah, but the, going to be what they use. The people themselves are also really varied and really vibrant. Mm -hmm. Just the living yeah. humans. Yeah, but Coco herself was yeah. amazingly, like the old lady, I was amazed at how well they did her with their hands and everything. Yeah, Coco... Uh, she really looked... Yeah, jeez, uh, what is it? Great-grandma Coco is, ama right. is just an amazingly... Like, that is just an incredibly impressive animation rig. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the texture on the hands was like yeah. wow, and that's that's you got to assume that sort of with Pixar. There's always sort of one character where they're like, okay, we're gonna get do this really well, which we don't usually do, and you know, and they tackle some challenge or whatever. Yeah, and challenge. part of the joke is you can tell um, from what movie Pixar does what the next movies like from Pixar. The joke mm -hmm. is you can tell from Pixar shorts and that what the next movie's gonna be. Hmm. Pretty much, because, because they that's... tend to do um, Easter eggs in the previous movie, like and Doug's that's... shadow showing up in Ratatouille. Right, and that's also <laughs> when they start often, like, at least playing around with the new technology they're working <laughs> on. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. 
That's well. Does it? So do we know what their next one is and what the um, one was in Coco? Then, I or? I think the next one is actually the new Incredibles movie, which I don't oh, know. Maybe yeah. there'll be a lot of Frozone or stuff with uh, Jack Jack, with them doing right. a lot of work with uh, fractals. Right. Hmm. That makes sense. Huh. Okay. Cool. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. I always. Uh... <laughs> By the way, did we, did we get the Pizza Planet truck in uh, Coco? I didn't catch it anywhere. Did you? I'm sure there is. It's probably well hidden, like the one that's in um, Brave is in the Witch's uh, Hut. It's um, a thing she was carving. Right, <laughs> so, yeah, so it's yeah. probably well hidden um, mm-hmm. somewhere in this movie. I'm sure there will eventually be an article listing all of the, all of the cameos after about another week to give people time to see it. That's right. I guess there's lots of places it could have been in uh, in the the land of the living sequences. They could have just stuck it in around a corner somewhere. So that's fair enough. And it actually it's not. It was set in the modern day, so it's not like there's no reason not to have a pizza truck in there. So no, nope, it's right. in Coco. And sometimes I think they used the poster instead. Sometimes. The poster, what do you mean? Uh, There's sometimes a Pizza Planet poster instead of the actual truck. It usually depends on the movie, but... Oh. Yeah. I don't recognize the scene it's from, Mm -hmm. but yeah, people have already uh, found the Pizza Planet truck in Coco. Oh, okay. Good. (laughs) Oh, Jesus! I'm sorry, this is distracted, but I was going through the Google image search... And boy, is it well hidden in Inside Out. Is it? Yeah, it is in Inside is Out. It? it is in a memory orb that rolls across the screen in Inside Out. Oh, I see. It's somebody's memory. Okay, yeah, so sense. it's in a memory. Huh. That's kind of neat. Yeah. You said, when you started Googling it, you went, oh my god. I was like, oh my god. As he stumbled across Pizza Planet Truck porn on DeviantArt, is that why? Uh, no, was, but is there is it. But the pizza, but apparently the Pizza Planet truck does to survive into the Cars world apocalypse because it's a background character. That uh-huh, should yeah, not yeah. be surprising whatsoever. <laughs> now don't get... Oh, not with this it's an ap- post-apocalyptic <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's not... I just, that drives me crazy. It's a, I'm sorry. You can accept that toys come to life with no further explanation, but you can't accept a world where they're just cars that exist. You no, know? <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with a world that just cars exist. Well, where are it's the people then? Funny to, it's just kind of funny to think that that in order to make it make sense, that it has to be post-apocalyptic, and they're all technically bugs with exoskeletons. <laughs> Yeah, it will, and is that to compensate for the fact that there are little bugs, like there are little flies that are also cars in the Cars universe? Well, that's where the theory comes from. <laughs> that they're all technically insects with exoskeletons. That Wasn't like there cars. someone who worked on the movie who did a thing that's saying that was asked, like, what's up with the cars and said, I don't know, maybe it's the thing, like, self-driving cars become like, more and more sophisticated until they don't need people, and then they, like, somehow absorb the personality of the last human that wrote in them. It was like, oh, Jesus Christ, you turned this into a Stephen King story. The only thing that Stephen King's Caroline. (laughs) Stephen King's sequel to Caroline. But what, how do they procreate? Because we actually see 
a family of cars. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the it's only thing. The world. It's a world where cars can have sex, clearly. I mean, uh, yeah. this is just something At least the bug thing can be can explain some of that. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 in the, the, I think, 30s or 40s, Disney did a series of cartoons, uh, or well, uh, they did at least one cartoon uh, about. I think they did it. I remember one with talking planes, and it was just a world of planes. Now there were also humans in that world, so I don't know if that's what is the sticking point for so many people. But it was literally just planes are sentient, and humans coexist along with planes. And I believe uh, they did another one with trucks, and uh, or not trucks, but. It was a little baby school bus or something, apparently. Um, anyway, but my point is they did that in the 30s and 40s, and people didn't have to concoct grandiose theories. They just accepted it for people. Well, yeah, Adam. Those were just cartoons. <laughs> Duh. serious film. They also don't live they don't live in a strange online subculture where everyone looks at everything far too closely. Also, I think the most <laughs> logical explanation is just the car world is um <coughs> Primus's first attempt before he made Cybertron. <laughs> <laughs> and thus well, I create life that. in my own form and ooh. We'll just uh -huh. put this over here and I'll try again. <laughs> that was the, uh, the, the, if you know, <laughs> okay, that, that, that's the, uh, J.R. Tolkien origin of the dwarves thing, <laughs> where they were the first attempt, and nobody liked them, and they got used anyway. Was, if you don't know, if you, uh, now I have to, now I have to explain a Tolkien reference. He, the, the origin of the dwarves in the Silmarillion is that the god of Earth was getting really excited because... God was basically saying, I'm going to create living beings. So he jumped the gun and started creating his own versions, and they were sort of subpar. And uh, he said, oh, I'm... and God got up, and he was like, oh, Iluvatar, who was the elvish god. And he said, oh, I'm going to, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Lord, I'll smash him. And he picked up a hammer, and they kind of flinched away, and God said, oh, look, see, they're, they're sentient now. So because you were nice about it, I'm going to give them a personality and put them into the world too so they're supposed to be the half-formed uh beta tested version oh. of elves and humans basically in the tolkien universe there, so they that, could live here under this a... mountain where i don't have to look at them there we go <laughs> yeah more or less that's exactly oh god oh that's a very good life form you've made i'm going to pin it up right on my middle earth refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> yep that's Exactly what he did. It was the, it was the first graders drawing version of uh, an origin myth. Basically, oh my God, <laughs> you nailed it. You haven't even. I, I don't know if you've even read the Silmarillion, but you pretty I much have nailed not, it. There, right? I, don't know. I far more like one of the Norse ones where they were uh, maggots that fed on the corpse right. of a dead god. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Yep, that was the original origin of, uh, there was a, it, as in a lot of mythologies, there was a giant, giant god who died, and they used parts of him to make the world, you know, his bones were the mountains, and his hair were the trees, and all that stuff, and the maggots in his corpses became, yeah, dwarves, I think. Yeah. 
Um, so it was, it was one of those, uh, you know, everyone's made out of pieces of a giant god or whatever. But again, that's pretty harsh on the dwarves. dwarves but then they're not very nice or good in Norse mythology. Yeah. However, dwarves do now share yeah. the same origin as DC's dark side, so. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, Dark uh, Darkseid ascended from What's being wrong? a mere mortal to a new god by feeding on the corpse of one of the old gods that died. What? This yeah. is new. I haven't heard this before. The, yeah, this is, is Jack Kirby. New... No, this is Jack Kirby's origin for Darkseid. Really? Yeah, and the I've, new. I thought I've read all of his. No, this is his origin for Darkseid and the new gods. That there were the old gods and. What would become the new gods were basically like the quivering mortals that fled from their footsteps, and eventually the beings that would become uh, Darkseid and Highfather found an old god that had fallen in battle and absorbed its power. Oh. And Darkseid went well, on... Well, I knew. That's... Go on. And Darkseid went on to uh, kill more and more of the old gods and absorb their power until there were only the new gods left. Huh. And then there was the whole skit. Really? Yeah, Jesus, this is the nerdy. Look, the Cimmerillion is too nerdy. Let me explain the fourth world <laughs> cosmology. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I think uh, I I think the Silmarillion is nerdier than the fourth world cosmology for measuring. But yes. But I mean, it's it's interesting because I have read all of the fourth world stuff, and I don't remember that specific story. Are you sure it's by Kirby and not someone else? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Kirby. Huh? Must be. Some... I, mean, I, can... I knew like it was definitely. Oh, they absorbed the power of the old gods, but he just kind of described it off screen. You didn't see it happening in the original stories that I remember, but again, maybe he did some extra stuff in the 80s, so maybe it's from there. Yeah, I but know. I know it was, it, I remember that specifically that it was those who would become High Father and Dark Side found the first fallen old god and absorbed its power. Huh. Interesting. I gotta look for that. Therefore, I know there's some, yeah, some new god stuff in that wasn't included in those big trade paperbacks, so I wonder if that's where it's from. Yeah. But there were people like Jim Starlin who were like, super eager to run in and do uh, New God stuff as well. Yeah. Um, because uh, as we as we know, Thanos and uh, the, what are they called? The Titans? The Eternals? Like that? In, Eternals, in Marvel, I They think. were basically Jim Starlin going, yeah. yeah, I want to do the fourth world, basically, right? Oh. Yeah. Although I, if I also do remember, and boy, this is an extra nerdy thing to go on, that Thanos' original design wasn't so much dark side as it was, I think, uh, oh, what was it, like, uh, Des uh, Ak Destro or the something. Brain... <laughs> I don't think it was Destro, but no. yeah, the brain, uh, the brain guy, the, the what's his name, um, yeah. Um, so um, the other correct thing that I wanted to touch on, because this gets into my sort of personal bugbear in internet film criticism is the other one I sent. Five female-driven fantasy movies that fall apart in reality. Ugh. By Lauren Stone. And... I'm already wincing. <laughs> yeah, and... Well, I'll read them out what it is. Wendy from Peter Pan would never agree to Mother the Lost Boys. Christine from Phantom of the Opera would never be seduced by the Phantom. Alice from Alice in what? Wonderland is the worst possible tour 
God. So, yeah, this starts the trend there. It's like, okay, you're not doing anything insightful. You're just disagreeing and arguing with the movie. The plot. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy from Peter Pan would never agree to Mother of the Lost Boys. Well, the writers disagreed. How? Christine How you would you never be seduced what? by the Phantom. The novel disagrees. That's the pre- This is the premise. Yeah. That's it, it's yeah, the, the whenever they did movie-based stuff, it was always this really strident opinion-based stuff that didn't really have a lot of insight. It was always just like as as we as you're saying, it's just basically picking fights and that's where the clickbait really comes in I yeah. think. it gets uh, it's a little over the top with that i mean it's literally just they're saying this because they know you'll click on it and go well, i don't do- i don't agree with this Be- but- because yes number four yes cracked it's completely irrational that say in around victorian era a 16 year old girl could be seduced by an abusive yet brilliant older man that is something <laughs> we never see happening ever ever never ever yeah <laughs> yep maybe it's even an, maybe it's a metaphor for that for Pete's sake maybe that's the entire point of the story because it's about uh, I have to admit, I don't know the story that well, but it is about creative, uh, you know, cre- uh, creative people and, you know, the lengths they go to and how abusive they can be, right? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. The The whole point of the Phantom and the Phantom of the Opera is that he is an abusive genius and <laughs> that Christine was the one good thing in his life and then he couldn't have it, so he started killing people. Mm-hmm. So, there was that. Uh, and then he dies at the end. Eh. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's never been such a thing as, like, an abusive grooming mentor. Yeah. Right. Or a guy who was like, it's not perfect the way I imagined it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get abusive, you know, going taking the leap to murdering people seems like right. a very, very plausible step there. Yeah. But also the fact that somebody could fall for that is not exactly uh, far-fetched yeah. to me. And yeah. also pointing out in the novel and the musical and everything, the Phantom is basically a supervillain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he has that level of yeah. super genius. And devices and all I that. Because, I mean, what's really uh, annoying here is they didn't go with like, here are 15... There are five female-driven fantasy movies that are actually tragic, if you think about it. It was, this wouldn't work in reality. Like, there's a factual problem with it, and yeah. not, a, not just an opinion about it. I, I'm yeah. personally just glad that they didn't do a thing of calling BS about the, about the Phantom's lair being in an underground lake under the opera house. Because that feels like something someone would complain about as too far fetched, which literally exists. Yes. <laughs> and what opera house is that, Ing? The the Paris Opera House. The one in Paris. Okay. So the actual one in the movie and in the story. Yes. Yeah, sorry, the one there. It's like, um 
the everything wrong with or the cinema sins bullshit the thing calling out bullshit on the smiley face crater on Mars used in the Watchmen movie. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, oh, that's an absurd element of it. That crater is also freaking real. Oh, God. Which is oh, why God. it was in the comic. Uh, <laughs> Cinema Sins, yeah. Uh... It's, it's amazing some of the things people find far-fetched that are real. I remember when they made uh, the movie Gladiator, they mm -hmm. said something uh, about they, um, there's a, they... they Wrote, they might have even filmed this scene and cut it out where he literally gets up and endorses a product like olive oil or something like that. Yep. And people okay. say, oh, come on, you're just making it. Just, like they said, that would be too ridiculous. It's like, that is 100% something gladiators really did. It is 100% accurate. And, they would, and yeah. they would have and had they, olive oil specifically in, during that time period as well. Like, yeah, for, for like the, it wasn't the, the product. It was the fact that just, oh, an endorsement. Because, of course, the movie is tying it to, you know, athletic and, and cultural heroes and, and the culture of celebrity. Nope, that's, that's kind of the point of 100% uh, right. That, mm -hmm. that, makes it, that makes it, I guess they felt like that would seem like the filmmakers were coming in and being silly about it. And, and it's like, no, that that, that was 100% real. They, they said, yeah, we had to cut that scene up because even just for the movie... <laughs> It seemed way over the top. And the funny thing is they actually did work it into the show Rome, if you ever saw that. Um, there's the one character um, who played by the same guy who voiced, who does uh, Winston Churchill on uh, Doctor Who. Uh, and he's the, the town crier. I don't know what the Roman equivalent of that is. He's sort of a, he's uh, almost a Greek chorus throughout the show. But they have him ah. doing, uh, pro he, do he does endorse products at a couple of times in the course of the show. And they, they, they make it work a little better because you can see he's actually kind of disgusted with having to do this. Ah. <laughs> kind of yeah, the hustle is eternal. Yeah, is true. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. It actually reminds me of something a high school teacher told me, uh, told us, which was part of the thing that makes the Monty Python movies funny, and is that a lot of them are more accurate in the silly ways and make jokes mm -hmm. about it, but it is based on historical fact. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, to cut right. to this, the life of Brian scene, where there are people, like, just out in the Coliseum selling, basically, like, pitas with goat testicles and that. It's like, oh, haha, ha, we recognize <laughs> that. That's like a baseball game or a soccer uh, yeah. tournament or there... thing. And it's like, yes, it is. And that's where it started. Yep. <laughs> that's actual yep. things that happened because this was big business in the day. Yeah. Or exactly. is it really that hard to believe that throughout history there have always been people selling things at large events yeah <laughs> like uh -huh. that can't be unrealistic <laughs> to my, think that my... is somehow only a modern concept well, my, my favorite monty python thing is um in uh in night in uh, quest of the holy grail uh, at one you know when the french knight is taunting him he goes you silly english can and I was like, okay. And I, I had no idea what that was. It just sounded funny. But that is the correct medieval pronunciation of the word knight. Knigget. Knigget. That's it. That's it. They used to call themselves the Knigget of the round table. I, I'm not joking. That is the actual 
like English used to actually pr- be pronounced the way it's spelled, basically, and somehow uh, it, it used to be it very was probably I... because. Sorry, go ahead. No, I my wife has uh, had me listen to stuff of like recreations of old English pronunciation, and it used to be very sort of clippy, right? In pronunciation, so yeah, can it fits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just it was, I, it, I just googled knight, and so they have the origin breakdown in old English. It's spelled C N I H T. So yes, it's knight. Right. Yeah, I don't know where the G either. came from, but it's no, there. Well, it was a weird mashup of all these uh, languages, but it was a bit more logical. But then I think it was basically when the Normans came over and they spoke French, and uh, the passion became for sort of Frenchifying English words. So you get things like night, which is a little bit more like you, you then you get these fancy weird pronunciations that sounded classier to a medieval uh lord or lady, I guess. Yeah. But that made the the, the pronunciation rules of English make no sense anymore. Uh but they used to make something resembling sense anyway. Um Yeah. But but that always blew my mind just when somebody said, Oh yeah, it's pronounced Canigan I'm like what the hell? Mighty Python wasn't lying. They were correct about that. No, yep. yeah, here's the thing. It's like, what, um, John Cleese and I think one other, like, got a master's in Arthurian lore and all. And in, like, mm-hmm. history yeah. of that ah, era. That so they sense. were, they were pulling from actual knowledge. Uh, the joke that Lancelot... Yeah, it was, they, these guys, yeah, they... The joke that Lancelot loses control and kills a bunch of people and then apologizes is something from actual Athorian lore. Oh my god. You're right. Yeah. As is the as is the idea yeah. as is the concept of the virtuous virginal knight constant beingly tempted away from pursuing the holy grail by uh, wanton women. <laughs> such yep. as in the yeah. yeah, such as the castle anthrax. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> yes, that's right, it's all, It's. I didn't know they knew specifically uh, uh, Arthurian lore, I didn't realize that was actually something they knew, but I knew they were all, like, historians, they all studied history, and, like, they all went to Oxford, and they were all really smart guys, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, <laughs> there's, um... There's a, there's an early, there's a, uh, I've read an early draft of, uh, Knights of the, Knight of, uh, Monty Python, Quest for the Holy Grail, where they, um, because originally it was a bit more, because their first movie is, um, uh, what's the, uh, the, uh, and now for something completely different, where they just do sketches from the show, um, when they did, uh, Monty Python, uh, Quest for the Holy Grail, um, it was going to have sketches from the show interlaced into the Quest for the Holy Grail, <laughs> if you can, if you can believe that. It, That's it seems kind of weird. Yeah, it was literally going to be like Lancelot, and then he'd suddenly be in a Monty Python sketch from the show, and then he'd oh. like take his mustache off and go back to being Lancelot. Like, that was how it was written. It's really weird. Jeez. Oh, yeah. But the whole other plot, one of my one of the best parts is that they, they, they find the Grail like really early on. 
uh, then some, then they're going home and so, it fell out of someone's bag. So the quest is to go back and find the grail that they dropped on the way home. And then there's this like epic sweeping shot where they all, you go north, I'll go west, I'll go east, and you go south. And they like literally specify like a helicopter shot of these knights riding out dramatically. And then like as it pulls back to them riding out on their quest, then suddenly Lancelot goes, oh, found it! And they, <laughs> and they find it. And then the re- again, the rest of the movie is like they have the holy grail sitting on their shelf the whole movie <laughs> and there's no quest at all for the rest of the movie they just they they picked a fight with some warlord and that's what the plot is as much as there's a plot at all but honestly this it's almost none of it is in the movie that got made and it's it's pretty solid i thought the the the, the holy grail bits anyway talking about early drafts of movies here uh, well, yeah, back to the list. Um, <laughs> their complaint from Alice in Wonderland is that Alice underreacts to everything in Wonderland. Which, okay. It, it is entirely up to the individual person whether or not she is actually dreaming or if she is a child on an opium high. That is your choice to uh, yeah. whichever one. Either way, it's why should she be reacting more than she already is? <laughs> yeah, but the fact that it is entirely possibly a fever dream thing. Exactly. So it's her own imagination to begin with. The Wizard of Oz movie... Say, a child on an opium high is more or less sums up the, the, the book as it originally was. Yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You can't... <laughs> oh, she doesn't react plausibly. Did these guys watch, like, David Lynch movies and go, they're not reacting plausibly to the weird things that are happening? Possibly. (laughs) Excuse me, a real Dale Cooper would ask, what the hell is with this dancing gnome? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Giant. Cinema sins, people are not that short. (laughs) It's implausible. Special effects were really bad. Um, their voice sounds funny. What's up with that? Um, uh-huh. it reminds me of the Neil deGrasse, the joke about Neil deGrasse Tyson doing a tweet about about uh, Twin Peaks, uh, Twin Peaks season three, and his brain melting because he's <laughs> listing all the all the all the implausibilities. But the the one that always made me laugh about Neil deGrasse Tyson is when he like literally the real De- Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, criticized BB-8 in the new Star Wars movies and said he wouldn't be able to run on sand. He's a spherical and he wouldn't you know he wouldn't be able to run on sand. And they pointed out again that was a real model. It's a practical effect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's an actual robot. <laughs> so it actually did happen, Neil. It's it's not impossible at all. So Neil deGrasse Tyson is cinema sins given form, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like cinema sins is a good idea, but it's it's quite clear Mm. that they don't do enough research. No, cinema sins does no research. No, it is the epitome of clickbait, and it's been pointed out they are just people from marketing. So this is all, like, specifically yeah. engineered to be clickbait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have, 
a friend who actually kind of likes those websites sometimes. Well, they're but wrong. But he did a good, he actually pointed me out to, like, because there's Everything Wrong With, which is similar to Cinema Sins, same, same concept. Yeah. Uh, everything Wrong With whatever movie. But then apparently they did a counteracting one, which was Everything Great About uh, a Similar Movie. And I guess it was an attempt to counteract that and be, you know, it was by the same people, I think. And it was an attempt to say, Oh no, we don't hate movies. Here's what we like about this movie, and it was actually defending uh, some movies. It, it was a little more worthwhile because it actually defended some movies that get attacked a lot. What, whatever you think of the movie, Batman versus Superman, uh, I did see that uh, the video they made for that one, and it, they made some good points. Like they said, "Oh, people say Lex Luthor doesn't have motivation. Well, he does. If you look at this scene, and you look at this scene." And yeah, but no, what they say the is he doesn't have consistent or developed motivation. And yeah, I am going to be that big of a dickhead that I complained they did everything wrong, and then I'm going to complain about when they say things are right and disagree with them. No, I mean, that's a fair... They pointed out that his his motivation in that movie is listed as he has basically daddy issues, and he's sort of projecting onto Superman that he has... Like, he had all these problems with his dad in real life, uh, and then yes, uh, the real life real Lex Luthor was, of uh, course, because... has had a troubled relationship with his father. Yeah, <laughs> and then so he basically saw Superman as his new daddy, who he had to, uh, and it, it like also implied that Lex Luthor murdered his father and took his place, basically. Um, so he's got a whole edible thing. But and 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 they pointed out the basis. Like, there's a at one point Luthor gives the speech that's kind of rambling, like he's drunk or something. But he is talking about his dad and how horrible he. And you know we can't let these people boss us around. And it, 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 they did do the work. Like whatever criticism you have of that movie, I was like, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. I mean, it's there. They did project it. So when you're defending a movie, it's often more interesting, even if you don't agree, than just going, yeah. you know. Uh, Nick ate a bug in Fury Road. That's a, that's gross. I take a demerit off for that, you know. Okay, so part well, of part of my it. thing with doing that is that it there's the difference between basically belligerently disagreeing with a movie, and then doing the kind of like thought experiments that are playing in the space the movie set up for you. <coughs> right. Yeah. And that's where that's, I... That's, that's, like, there are good... I even like fan theories sometimes, which can be ridiculous, yeah, but, as we all know. But, as it's, uh, but, but, and my caveat is it has to be playing in the space set up for it, not basically disagreeing or contradicting it. Like the, oh, the Rugrats are really about uh, stillbirth and everything. Yeah. It's like, no. What? No, no you're, you're adding stuff there, you're disagreeing, shut up. Yeah. Stuff that isn't... Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I haven't seen enough Rugrats to be able to follow that theory, but... Uh, what? Yeah, I can... Yeah, that's a one that's there. Um, Number two is yes. that the Wizard of Oz and Return to Oz wouldn't work if they shared the same Dorothy. It's like, yes. I have not seen Return to Oz, so I have no idea what validity this oh, might have. Great. Yeah, it's... Is it... It, it's not real. It's not really a sequel or based on the first one at all. Okay, so then why is anyone trying to connect them? I don't know. Uh, that's the thing. <laughs> People, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like you pointed made... out. Yeah, the actress who plays Dorothy in Return to Oz is much younger than the uh, well, Dorothy Garland. of the classic of than Judy Garland. Yeah. 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 
What, what do you want? Judy Garland was supposed to be that age. She was just... She wasn't that... She was older than that yeah. in real life. That's all. Yeah. But she was playing a, what, 12-year-old or whatever Dorothy's supposed to be. Some um, kind of teenager, that's yeah. Not really a, yeah, that's not really a preteen, but that's not really a, a break. With the, I mean, the thing about Return to Oz is they, they, they explicitly, like, they don't make the characters look like they did in the movie. And yes, it's true. It's more of an adaptation of the book which is a sequel to the book, The Wizard of Oz, than it is a sequel to the movie, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually correct. I don't even know what his argument is about Dorothy, but Return to Oz made, I think, the smart idea of not trying to make it look too much like the yeah. original The original. Oh, uh, they're saying is, Garland's Dorothy you know, they would... Use the... Garland's Dorothy wouldn't survive in the more hostile world of Return to Oz. What? <sighs> I because she's what? It, it, yeah. It's, it's a, not, Return to Oz is a bit creepy, but it's not that bad. There's almost no way that Garland's squawking, rambling Dorothy would have survived being chased by the Wheelers for five seconds. Come on, she had to deal with flying monkeys. Yeah. And trees that threw apples at her. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was enough. There was enough violence in the original uh, Oz that I mean, the Wheelers aren't really that bad. They just kidnap you. They're they're I mean, creepy, but they're not like violent. I mean, yeah. There's I mean, a... even if it was not on purpose, Dorothy does melt a person. That's true. Yes. <laughs> Fight. No, honestly, the Wicked Witch is more of a threat than anyone in Return to Oz if you get down to it. Um... Uh, I guess the Gnome King when he goes nuts. Yeah, there's the Gnome King and um, I mean, who's it? What's the witch in Return to Oz? Mombi. Yeah, Mombi. But um, yeah. this she, pointed she, out. This is also. It's like even if you presume this is a sequel and that they're the same Dorothy, this is the same Dorothy after spending some time in a mental asylum in the 30s. So. Oh. <laughs> yes. So yeah. The 19th century. Yeah, in the 19th. Right, in the Dust Bowl. In a Dust that, Bowl. Oh. Insane asylum. The fact that she's even, like, still sentient. Yeah, is... no, the movie opens, like, with that there, and they are preparing to give her electroshock therapy. That's right, yeah. Ah, okay. And that's actually... You, no, and that's actually... Good, and, another dis dis discontinuity between uh, something i literally just realized is that uh, the original wizard of oz movie is set in the 30s i.e the time that it was made yeah. whereas mm -hmm. return to oz is clearly they they explicitly say it's set in the 19th century or the very early 20th century which is when the books were written originally yeah so that's actually return to oz is actually set chronologically before the wizard of oz movie now that i think about it but he says specifically oh yeah we're entering a new century basically yeah like he makes it and and all the technology and everything you see is clearly either late 19th or very early 20th centuries right. so so that's another point to yeah point for where return of oz the the Return to Oz version of, oh, meet all the farmhands and everything that will play Dorothy's friends when yes. we go to Oz. It's like, here's the various things in the mental asylum that traumatize Dorothy <laughs> that will be creatures in Oz. Yeah. Oh, great. Like, yeah. the wheelers are specifically yeah, the orderlies pushing the uh, dollies around. And TikTok uh -huh. 
Uh, and TikTok comes from the fact that the electroshock machine kind of yeah. controls kind of look like a face. Yeah, which is a little weird because TikTok's a good guy. Yeah, and here's then, your friendly he's guardian. Real he's based from personal. electroshock. Yeah. yeah. She gives him a little. Uh, I can't remember where the gump is in the real world. Do we see the. Is it just like a moose head on his wall or something? I think or? so, yeah. Yeah. And remember, someone already if did Sucker Punch red... before Sucker Punch. <laughs> yes, actually, oh. yes. That's I mean, that's probably what, what Sucker Punch was referencing, which I haven't actually seen Sucker Punch. So I but, haven't seen Sucker yes, Punch either. I, yeah. uh, uh. So number one, because why would you? Yeah. As as, unfortunately, Sarah it's, from it. I, I think but, give yeah. it a couple years and it'll be one of those movies that is such trash people will eventually enjoy watching it again. <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. It's one of those sorts of movies. Well, it is from visionary director Zack Snyder. And honestly, yeah. like a lot of things, I'm always willing to cut people a bit more a bit more slack when they're doing their own movies. It's not an adaptation of something or a, or a sequel or whatever. It's here's the movie, it's apparently the movie he wanted to make. Um, it seems to be somewhat controversial uh, in its depiction of feminism, I guess. Uh, um, because that's apparently what it's about, and yet it's also very exploitative cheesecake. Um, apparently. In the right <laughs> hands, that could work, so but know. not Snyder's hands. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that's the long and short of that. In the right hands, that can work. But not in his hands. It it would be like if he wanted to do, say, a DC Bombshells movie now. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so. uh, he's apparently been hoist. He's apparently off DC entirely at this point, so you don't have to worry about that. Well, that's good at least. <sighs> so the last one on that list. And we have one more on the list, yeah, yeah. so let's just. Well, but this one can be just pretty much summarized with a one-word response, a one-sentence hey. response by me. Sarah from Labyrinth drags the entire narrative down the toilet with her shitty boredom. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I I don't know what a, what other response can you give to that? It's just like oh yeah, it's like, <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Well, yeah, it, it's literally Basically. just the equivalent of fuck you movie. It's like well, fuck you back. Yeah, as we say, click. It's hostile in order to get clicks. What, what is the actual? What is the actual logic? Oh, we don't need to. We need that, to tell them that. It, it to sum up what the diatribe is is that Sarah is a shitty person and nobody would like her, and that's why the movie didn't do well originally, even though it's really beloved by a lot of people. Um, to the point yeah. that there are some people who are excited that it's getting a sequel-ish now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just that, that she's a shitty person, and it's just kind of like, well, she's a teenager who has literally an infant brother. She, she There's one of two ways that's going to go. She's yeah. either going to be stupidly shitty because she's a she's in um, single-child mode, or... <laughs> um, or she's going to be incredibly loving towards her younger brother. Yeah. And obviously they didn't go in that second direction. Otherwise, the whole plot of Labyrinth would not have happened. You know, almost like it's so. a movie that's like a coming-of-age one. 
or one yeah. of the weird or one of those you know weird dream world genre movies where things are mm -hmm. maybe kind of not directly tied to the real world and maybe kind of like symbolic based on things in the person's life which you might have gotten uh, from the fucking hint that literally some reason. all the creatures in the labyrinth are based on stuff in her room <laughs> oh shoot it's okay i haven't been recording oh what no no i'm kidding <laughs> What? What? <laughs> <laughs> that would kind of suck. We've been talking for almost two hours here. Hey, is now a good time to do an update? Really? What do you... Surpri surprise trick question. It's always a good time to what do an update. Restarting computer. <sighs> and that was our closing. Yes. Good night, everyone. Well, let's just... Let's just pour one out as a closing. Let's pour one out for Crack.com, which was a website. We can agree it used to be good, right? We used to enjoy it. was it. indeed a website. Um, yeah. And they've now apparently gone the way of the... Yeah. I guess gone... gone the way of the dodo now. It's hard to see how this uh, right-sizing will uh, improve the website. You know, one of the great ironies here is that every everything is... They, they keep talking about this year how everything was pivoting to video. Um, and Cracked was already video, so I'm not sure what the logic there is exactly. Um, and, and most news things, you don't want to pivot to videos. But Cracked actually had some pretty good videos. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, it, here's the again, thing. Literally, personalities are now leaving. Literally so... just burn in hell if you have the video form and no text version. Yeah. Mm. There is a time and a place for that, but that most harsh, people. But okay. Well, most people just want to read news quietly at work because that's what I do. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need a video. Yeah. That's right. You know, when you're at work, you don't want everyone listening to whatever freaking video you're trying to watch. And yeah, it, it's. I, I, I have no idea why people are thinking that way. And. You absorb information more clearly uh, through text than you do through video. Or at least faster. All, when, you we've know. all seen when somebody's... Yeah, it's more efficient, basically. It's more... Yeah, it's... it's You know, I can just write out the facts of the case. In a video, it's always, well, I'm going to talk for two minutes first. And, you know, not that... I'm one to talk, but uh, so he's, well, here's the thing that uh, we're going to be talking about this week. Even when it's like an instructional video, it's, it kind of, it's a bit. Oh, God, no, especially with tutorials. Because, <laughs> no, that's just the worst. It's like, mm -hmm. no, I, I literally need to find one specific step I'm not clear on. I don't yeah. need to sit through a whole YouTube intro. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right, which, exactly. Which, let's save that as a topic in for another time. Reference. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instructional videos. The clickbait of education. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I guess that's just about it uh, for the evening. Uh, as always, thank you, Avi, for being here. Thank you, Ing. Um, you can always uh, follow me on uh, Adam. That, that is on uh, phantasmictales.com um, we're gonna have uh, a new strange romance out soon yeah uh, we got lots of other things um ing did you have anything you wanted to plug no not yes. right now just twitter and everything is did you want to plug anything ing number four 
art at twitter.com. Mm-hmm. And you should get him to do commissions because he does commissions yes, and he's I good at it. So, <laughs> uh, and Avi, as always, do you have any... uh, Well, my username is Abby, long and hard plug, or... to remember. So the easier one to remember is my Tumblr yes. one, which is aquatintstudios.tumblr.com. And it's good. And you also get her to do commissions because she's good. Thank you. Yes. We're all. Yes. We can all draw here today. We don't have a bow to kick around right now. The non-artist. Oh no. Anyway, destroy all clickbait. <laughs> he's gonna hear this, and he's gonna be so mad. Yes. But um. Anyway, from all of us here at Destroy All Clickbait, we're gonna say goodbye and uh, get out there and uh, make some actual content if you can. Make a better place. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.